Welcome back to NatChat, the Natalic Podcast. My name is Rob Thorne, and today we're taking a look at the world of networks and cloud. You might not know that exponentially powered high-profile events like both the recent royal weddings, and even so, they might not be the first name that comes to mind when it comes to leading global service providers. But with a strong story to tell and an ever-growing list of impressive client success stories, we take a look at why they should be on your radar. I sat down with network and cloud specialist Tom Nichols to talk about some of the innovation they're bringing to power digital transformation across the globe. It's Thursday, December 10th, and this is the Natalic Podcast. Delighted to welcome to the Natalic Podcast, Tom Nichols, Solution Consultant at Exponential E. Tom, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Rob. How are you? Yeah, good form. Thank you. Good form. Um, so, Tom, I wanted to get a, a bit of a different perspective today on, on, on this podcast. Um, you work alongside us directly with with clients, so um, designing solutions in the areas of sort of network, um, SD-WAN, what we what we class as data connectivity as well. So would you mind giving the listeners a bit of a quick background on yourself and um, sort of any, any experience and things like that that would be um, a good framing for the, the conversation today? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a solution consultant at Exponentially. So I work on the design side uh, of all the solutions going through our business. Uh, I actually started my professional career with Exponentially. Uh, I was nice. a university placement student uh, way back in 2012 uh, when the London Olympics were on. So I moved down to London from the Midlands. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've been here ever since pretty much. I've done a couple of roles within Exponentially, uh, but I found myself back in solutions. Nice. Fellow, fellow Midlands person then okay uh, whereabouts are, whereabouts are you from mate so just outside Tamworth so I'm in the countryside um, ah. well away from everybody else but yeah Birmingham Tamworth and then out in the countryside <laughs> oh, so the, the actual Midlands rather than me I'm kind the of on the border Midlands. of the border of Stoke-on-Trent which um, yeah <laughs> for better or for, for better for worse yeah sort of you know bordering on the north as well you don't seem to have carried the accent though you seem to be a bit no, I don't. With a southern accent no so um so my parents were from a posher part of Birmingham uh, they have a, a fairly neutral accent. Uh, my dad's a lot stronger than my mom's accent, but I've, uh, yeah, for some reason I've just not picked the Birmingham accent up. Not quite Peaky Blinders then. Not quite, not quite. <laughs> no, no. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so in in the service provider world, exponentially have been going from strength to strength. Um, we've we've obviously seen that partnership with you guys um, really, really take us to to sort of new levels recently, especially in the in the world of SD WAN and and um, and those kind of things. And I think that's where we're going to be talking mostly today. But for some of our listeners. Um, you might not be as much of a household name as the likes of maybe BTs, you know, the virgins, the cults of the world. So would you mind, again, giving a bit of context as to who you guys are, um, why you're a little bit different to some of the other players in the market? Um, so we're exponentially, uh, we're uh, strictly a B2B uh, service provider. So we're not, um, we're not as, uh, say, on the forefront as like a BT or someone. Uh, we target other businesses, so you won't see us on uh, you know, billboards for cheap home broadband or anything. That's just uh, not the space that we play in. So, yeah, we've been around for like, more than 15 years, I believe, at this point. So I believe we started in 2002, so more than 15 years uh, at this point. Yeah, we've got some you know, big wins on uh, the board that we like to talk about as well. So you know, from my own personal experience, I've worked on uh, Channel 4. You can see the case study on our website of uh, things that we've worked on. Um, 
And yeah, there's multiple case studies. So we actually worked with the uh, US networks for the previous two uh, royal weddings. So we actually sent the video stream uh, across the Atlantic over to the US networks for them to broadcast. Impressive stuff. So still some some pretty strong credentials there, even though, again, it might not be the, the name that comes off of mind. I suppose that's kind of why we're here today. So, um, and, and I think probably one of the main reasons we see you guys as a strategic partner is the fact that you represent a lot of the same same values as us and you know it's maybe a little bit of a, a cheesy way to frame it but I think it's sort of like you know big enough to matter but small enough to care so I think that 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 should hopefully you know give the listeners a little bit of an idea as to as to why we we, we work with you guys so um and how would you say 2020 has been for you guys thus far? I say thus far, this is December, so it's over now. But um, thank, thank God. Yeah, I think we're <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much over. <laughs> ready to move on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, just in, just in terms of what what, yeah. what you've been working on personally, um, from a technology perspective, um, any sort of interesting cases or sort of trends that you've noticed? I mean, it's been a pretty pretty crazy year. I know certainly in the technology market. There's, um, there's been all sorts of change that's been forced. But um, how have you seen things from from your world? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be wrong if I didn't say it's completely changed because it really has. So January, February was almost business as normal. People were a little bit, you know, um, what's the word? So like uh, indecisive because they didn't know how it was going to go. We could see coronavirus was coming up uh, across Europe. So it reached Italy, uh, France, Spain. Uh, it was quite, quite hard. Uh, and then we were hit, you know, from March that onwards. So March was, um, you know, obviously the massive push to home working, uh, the big change for a lot of businesses up and down the country. Um, well, not even just up and down the country, it's completely internationally um, across the world. So the first thing we saw was we need more VPN users for our firewalls. So there was a mad scramble to get everyone increased uh, to the, you know, the maximum amount of VPN users. and. You know, even on our business side, we had to change quite a lot of processes and a lot of things that could work remotely. So, yeah, it was a huge change uh, initially um, for when the pandemic started. Uh, then, you know, after that point, people quietened down for a little bit. But then uh, when the businesses came back, uh, you know, they're asking for completely different things now. So I, I believe the pandemic has actually spurred forward the adoption of SD-WAN. Uh, it's made people look at larger connections much earlier than they maybe would have thought of because they're now having to have, say, bigger internet connections because their workforce is so spread out across uh, just uh, just uh, the country and everything. Instead of just one office, you've now got you know as many employees as you've got. <laughs> yeah, and I think you guys have got a bit of a unique story in, in SDOM, right? There's, there's a few sort of pretty cool use cases. There. Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, as part of this connection, so um, if we just talk connectivity first before we talk SD-WAN, so from the connectivity side, uh, we started to see um, particularly, you know, higher ups in a company, your C-level executives, uh, initially, you know, they can't work off a, a rubbish ADSL connection if they're living out in the sticks somewhere. So uh, the initial stuff that we saw was, we need a dedicated lease line into my house, please. So now they have the dedicated lease lines uh, directly to the house just to actually enable the uh, internet connectivity or just the connection directly into the office so they can access the uh, servers and the resources that they're going to be able to need. And you know, before that was you know, reserved for, in my experience, the larger head funds, uh, the people who have maybe even a holiday home uh, out in, uh, let's say, France or somewhere, where they have the dedicated lease lines out there because they want to be able to work while they're on holiday. It's not my cup of tea, but we'll leave that there. Um, 
so yeah, uh, yeah, that was the first part. Uh, people started getting connections in, uh, and then we started to see the adoption of SD WAN pick up. So uh, we launched something we're calling SD Home. So SD Home essentially takes the SD WAN uh, to yeah, someone's house, for example. So we've actually split it up into tiers. So uh, everything right from your normal VPN access into the servers to a fully controlled SD-WAN environment uh, at the home. So if this uh, SD-WAN box, you know, it can either replace your home router or it can go uh, in addition to your home router. Um, what it allows your IT department to do is to make sure that your network is secure, even though you're not in the office anymore. So you can secure that SSID with the correct code. Uh, the laptop will then have um, a direct connection to it, and they can see that your laptop is the only one that's accessing the corporate network. There's a lot of security uh, things to think about with the, all the home working, uh, and SD Home actually solves. Uh, sorry, SD Home. Sorry, solves uh, quite a lot of that um, just by putting a box uh, within the site. And not only does that manage your VPN connection. Sorry, not only is that so not only does that manage the Wi-Fi connection, it's also going to manage the VPN connection back into the corporate office. So you'll be able to see if that SD WAN device is say even suffering problems because the VPN will be down. But yeah, so it's hugely powerful uh, message that we've got going out with the SD home stuff. Yeah, I think not only sort of the flexibility that it gives you, but I think the simplicity to manage it makes it a lot easier, doesn't it, than um, your normal kind of you know, black and white. Well, that's a big thing, isn't it? Text on it. So, yeah, exactly. It's no longer command line interfaces. We've got a nice uh, actual, you know, pretty GUI that people like to look at, people like to play with. Uh, the information is much, much easier to read and it's much more accessible uh, for the, you know, the normal everyday person. You don't need an advanced degree in uh, how to use the command line interface of these routers anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really powerful. Um, so, so that's, so SD-WAN definitely, I mean, I, I know it's not, not no longer bleeding edge i think definitely we're, we're seeing the the level of conversation sort of accelerate um around st1 now but um what else what else would you say is um sort of another common topic of conversation tom in terms of i suppose during and post post the pandemic as well well that's it so as i say connections are getting bigger so you know 10 gig is no longer unusual so if we go back to 2012 uh, when i first started out uh, gig circuits were seen as like a big expenditure. Uh, so a full one gig connection into it. Uh, why do you even need that? You know, that's uh, that's just massive. But then you know, today we look at it like it's a standard. You know, a lot of people's LANs are still running at one gig, but we're still looking at 10 gig connections for servers and uh, splitting things up. So, you know, 10 gig is becoming much more normal. It's becoming um, <clears throat> it's becoming an option that's always on the table. It's not something that you ask extra for thinking maybe, you know, it's becoming uh, your upgrade path because you put the tank bearer in and you light it to whatever bandwidth you could be needing. But not only that, we're seeing a lot of cloud adoption. So in terms of, uh, say, your Office 365s, now I, I, Microsoft must be doing uh, fantastically at the moment with all the uh, extra licenses they must be selling for uh, all of the, you know, the home workers and everything now. Uh, everyone's using Microsoft Office 365 because everyone needs to collaborate more. So all, we've got to all work on the same Word documents. Uh, it's got to be finished by next week. And the only way to really do that with the Microsoft World, say, your Office 365, which is just you know, absolutely fantastic for the home user to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And 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 you guys have a an offering, right, to facilitate sort of direct connections and things like that to, to, to Microsoft 365 as well, don't you, from what I understand? Yeah, we do. So from that perspective, the uh, what we call the Cloud Connect Exchange, uh, we've got links to Microsoft Office 365, uh, Microsoft Azure, uh, Amazon Web Services, as well as uh, Google Cloud. 
So yeah, we, we, we've been gearing up for this for the last uh, you know, uh, five, six years at this point. So when we started offering the Amazon Direct Connects, which were um, hugely popular in, uh, even now, actually, not even just in the beginning, but hugely popular just to get direct private connectivity to a public cloud. Uh, so you've got the security, you're no longer going over the public internet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, even for the home users, so the SD-WAN uh, devices, they'll try and tunnel out to uh, these software as a service providers, but we can further enhance that with, say, the Cloud Connect Exchange, just giving complete access uh, to these cloud providers. Yeah, it's cool. And I think that is, again, one of a really common element of clients' digital transformation journeys that's being accelerated at the moment. You know, connectivity is going to be the heart of that when we when we look to that journey back to the office. I think that that's a conversation and sort of a topic that is is, is front and center of mind right now, right now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely is. So, uh, yeah, I've been recently working with, um, say, a hotel chain. Uh, they found they were actually saturating um, their internet services. So they had all their let's say Office 365 traffic uh, running across uh, the internet connection. Um, but in addition to, yeah, they had a full hotel um, briefly um, for a little while and they were really, really struggling with some sort of bandwidth. So uh, everything was taking up uh, the internet bandwidth. So all you imagine your streaming services, that sort of thing. Um, so what we actually look to do for these guys is provide this direct connection to Office 365. That way they're able to separate off uh, the email traffic, the uh, say the collaboration document traffic uh, directly into the Microsoft 365 uh, environment, um, completely unaffected uh, to the internet service. So yeah, it really, really helped them. It was a really, really good story at the time. Yeah, that's cool. Really, really cool. And um, I think it's also useful just to be able to actually provide a bit of a point of reference or like you know a bit of a, a, a use case for, for for the technology they've been talking about as well so um cool um all right tom well thanks for your time so i mean if listeners want to find out more about exponentially um you can obviously reach out to unitilic client team um our connectivity team again we're pretty much joined at the hip with the guys at exponentially um they're all over social i know you guys have a series of monthly webinars i think um unfortunately the restrictions of this medium uh dictate that the next one is actually today, um, as of as of, as of recording, right? Yeah, so the the ninth of December. But um, <laughs> yeah, do keep an eye out on on social media platforms. And um, yeah, Tom, thank you very much for your time. No, thank you very much, Rob. Thanks for listening to NatChat, the Natalik podcast. Please subscribe to the Natalik podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a review while you're there. It really helps us improve and grow the show. Please note that opinions expressed on the Natalik podcast are those of the hosts or our guests, not the organizations that they represent. You can find more information on Natalik on our website, that's natalik.com. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Natalik Group, as well as Facebook and LinkedIn. Our theme music was provided by Dan Short, who you can find at Danza, that's D-A-N-Z-R, on music streaming services. This is Rob Thor, and thanks again for listening.